Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Podcasting can be a great way to sell your books, get credibility, and get speaking engagements as well. Podcasting is a great way to leverage your thought leadership. Today, you're going to learn how to find the best shows that really have the can make the biggest impact for you. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I'm a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter, and I can help you write your book no matter where you are in the process. For information, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's get started. Our guest today is Joanne McCall, the author of Media Darlings, and she's going to tell us how to be a darling for all the podcasters out there. Welcome, Joanne. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Thank you. You know, there it seems like there's a new podcast being started every day, every minute, every second, or at least 30 every second, if we want to be honest. Not all podcasts are created equal. So how do we find the ones that are going to give us the biggest bang for our buck? Well, a couple of things. If you are brand new to interviewing and doing podcasting, then it's probably a good idea to start with some small ones. It'll be easier to get on there. And it's a way to really hone your message, hone your key messages, uh, learn how to deliver well, uh, learn how to interview with different hosts because they're all different. You'll be asked different questions. There'll be a different attitude. Um, I'm all for starting small if you're just starting as opposed to, I mean, I remember back in the day when Oprah was on national TV and someone who had never interviewed before said to me I want to be on Oprah I said okay let's start with decimal point Wyoming you know make your mistakes <laughs> there before you're on the biggest show in the universe at this point in history you know so um it while it's kind of a natural desire to want to start at the top it isn't always the best choice so you want to hone your skills and make sure you're good at it and then you can start going after the bigger boys and girls if you so choose so how do you determine who that is and um there isn't really a place you can go and get specific download numbers. I think that's only for the podcaster to have, or they know how many downloads are made. And some of them will promote that because they have big numbers. They want people to know. Uh, So I look at other things. Like I'll go to Apple podcasts and I'll look at how many episodes have they done. Mm -hmm. And when you see 572 episodes, you know, they've been around a little while and they probably have established an audience. I also look at how many reviews do they have and what what are the reviews? You know, they okay, they've been reviewed, say, 322 times and they're all 4.5 stars or that's the average. That's pretty good. So those speak well. They have an audience. Um, and there's other ways to check as well, but nothing direct where you can know exactly what the numbers are unless they tell you. Um, there are podcasts now that are charging money. Uh, and that's just the, that's just the way it is. Some of them want a fee because they're trying to monetize whatever their business is. Some of the big ones that charge, you know, a thousand or a couple thousand dollars to be on the show. Some of them, I suspect it's a way to filter through all the requests because those who don't want to pay any, they, they don't want to pay that are out and they'll stop. Those who do want to pay, maybe it's worth them to look and see if they want to have them on the show. 
uh, and they'll have their friends on. So if they have someone who's, you know, successfully has a successful book is doing really well and they want them on the podcast, they're not charging them a thousand or $2,000 or $10,000 to be on the show. So these are just some things to kind of look at, but more and more I'm finding there are more fee-based things. There was a day a few years back where I would have said, no way, but now there are times when it actually it does make sense to possibly pay to be on a podcast for the positioning for the audience it puts you in front of. It's kind of like an advertising thing. So if you put it under that expense, um, it it can be helpful. In so. Interesting. Um, I, I never thought of it being as a screening tool. Um, and I am seeing more some of the bigger ones. So the biggest ones are charging. Yes, uh, a friend of mine actually did that and got no response whatsoever. So word to the wise, you could be paying a lot of money and not get a whole lot of return. So be careful about wow. how you spend your money. On the other hand, as you said, or hinting at, it could be a branding tool to say that you are on a certain show or that so someone famous interviewed you in your niche. So there could be some advertising uh, reasons to do that as well. But let's assume that it's all a fair game. I go to Google, I type in uh, best pickleball podcasts because I'm writing a book about pickleball. And I see 10 or 15 pickleball uh, shows that someone vetted for some reason, and which is great because I'm sure if you type leadership or management or personal finance, there could be hundreds and hundreds of shows. So you very well may type in what are the best shows and someone may have done some initial triage for you. What is the best way of approaching mm -hmm. those podcasts? Assuming you're a listening to the podcast and see that it's a good fit. So I would not go on a podcast where they only spoke to or interviewed uh, top ranked pickleball players, because that's not me. Just like you may not <laughs> want to be on a, a show that is totally irrelevant. So be be sure that you do your homework first to make sure the show is a good fit for you. And assuming that it is, what steps would you take to stand out from all the other people who are trying to get that person's attention to, to get booked on the show? How do you how do you stand out? Uh, first thing is it's similar to what you were saying about making sure that it fits for you to be on the show, but you want to listen to the show. I think you mentioned that, but listen to a few episodes, get a real feel for how does the host interact with the guest? What are the kinds of questions that they ask? Is this an interview I would want to do? And if the answer is yes, I mean, keep listening. So when I actually pitch, I like to um, pull up something, some fact, some interesting tidbit that I heard that I can refer to. You know, I was listening to your show when you interviewed so-and-so, and I was so fascinated that you have a house in Excelsior, Minnesota, because I grew up there. <laughs> I did that not long ago, by the way. It wasn't a house in Excelsior, but it was a it was a media outlet somewhere that I had lived and, and mm -hmm. I used that exact thing. So, because how many people are going to do that? And what I find is when people teach how to pitch podcasts, they'll say things like, well, tell them, tell them, um, you know, I listen to your show and it's really great. Too vague, too vague. You've got to get in and give them something that says you actually really did listen to the show. What I find human beings really have trouble with is the amount of time that this takes. Most resist it because that takes too much time. I have too much to do. There's too much going on. Well, you know. I'm sorry, but it takes that. It takes that. So listen, pull out a few tidbits, make sure you have a pitch together that is unique, 
it speaks to what you offer. It could be just a one pager. A lot of podcasters love one pagers. And a one pager is just simply it's got your cover, your book cover, it's got a picture of you, it's got a little bio. You should have a pitch on there, some, you know, a, a hook somehow that you're hooking them to be on the show, a little note. But it'll have some interview questions, maybe interview topics that you can talk about. And you can use that to actually approach them. Or what I prefer myself is I'll send an email that's a pitch. And then if there's interest, I set, I follow that up. I follow up with that one pager. Um, so getting attention is about how, and this is another thing I love to do. How is what the message I have, how does it fit in with what you do? So you've interviewed this, you've interviewed this person about this, this person about this, this person about this, but here's what I can bring. I can bring this perspective that you haven't really thought about yet, or you haven't covered yet. And I think it would be a good one because your audience needs whatever it is. But you see, you've, you've, you've already established, you're establishing a relationship and you need to put the time in initially to grab their attention. It's essential now. Everybody's out there making noise. <laughs> Everybody's out there making noise. So how are you going to cut through it? And that's a, a real key. Is figuring out how to do that. Right. Let, let's yeah. talk about a few of the mechanics about that as well. How long should a pitch letter be? And also, should you attach your one sheet to the file or should you link to a page on your website that has the one sheet? Or what are your best tips for that? Because everyone's afraid of spamming. Everyone's afraid of open up uh, uh, files that have uh, malware or something in it. So just curious what your ideas are there. Yeah, I don't send anything. I don't send any attachments until I've been invited to or until it's established that they're interested. And then I'll ask, you know, mm -hmm. I can send you this and this. Would Is that, you know, would you like that? Yes. Boom. Then I send it. I don't do that initially because, mm -hmm. again, you're right. I mean, we're all I hear from perfectly legitimate companies and I'm suspect now and I know I'm not alone. I got something from PayPal not long ago. We're upgrading everything and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, is it really you? Yeah. You know, so, uh, so you don't want to do that. Um, what was the rest of your question? Uh, how long should the pitch be? How many uh, words or how many paragraphs? Thank you. They really fall into two camps, Dan. One is there are people who only want a sentence or maybe two, just wow. really brief. Here's what I have. Boom. And then there, and then they'll respond. There are others who want everything. They want everything in one email. That's it. And how do you know that? I don't have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. I really don't have an answer for that. I test it. I'll try both. I might start with the really short one. If I don't hear back, I might a week later send the longer pitch with everything in it and see if that gets any response. Also, here's another thing that, that I've learned is that more and more uh, media will not respond initially until they're ready. And they might not be ready for a year. And I kid you not, I have things coming back to me a year later. So it doesn't mean just because you don't hear from them right away that you won't. It doesn't. But what I found is a lot of times they used to very often people would get back and say, hey, this is a great idea. Uh, let's talk about it in a couple months. Or they might come back and say, you know, this isn't really going to work for us. But thank you anyway. I find less and less of that. And I suspect it's because they don't want to get into a conversation in an email conversation, if they write to you and say, you know, we're not interested or not at this time, we're not interested, but they get pushed back because people will come back and they'll say, oh, but I think it would work because blah, 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 blah. 
but they don't want to get into that conversation. So a lot of times they will ghost you. It mm. doesn't mean they're not interested, but you're just going to have to be okay with that because it's just how it is now. They don't want to get into a conversation. And I guess the bottom line is don't push back unless you have another pitch. Um, come back later. Or you can you can end with, if I come up with another idea that I think will be more appropriate, may I come back and, and run that by you? And almost always they say, oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Right. So. Right. Yeah. A, a lot of our listeners are writing books. And mm-hmm. the question I have for you now is when should you put your podcast promotion schedule together? Because sometimes these podcasters ha- are booked out three, four, six months in advance. Sometimes a year. Sometimes right. a year. I got wow. a business guy. He's a year out. It's like, mm. oh, my goodness, you know. Tell that to your client. Well, they want you next uh, in 2024. Is that okay? <laughs> it's good to know up front. And then you can say, I know this guy's out a year. Do you want to do it? Hmm. Um, early is earlier, early is better. I mean, some podcasts and, and radio shows too. Radio is still relevant, but mm-hmm. some podcasts are a lot quicker. I mean, they maybe have more episodes. Um, I know one podcaster, he does three podcasts a week and has two guests per show. So he is always looking. Um, So there are some that will book, you know, relatively quickly. And then there are others, as you just mentioned, Dan, that are, you know, six months, a year out. So you're just going to have to decide. Um, I, I would start maybe three months before publication date. You could start with your own network. I mean, who in your network has a podcast? A lot of, look, look, how many people do you know who, who have a podcast? Maybe you say, oh, one or nobody. I don't know anybody. But here's the thing. You likely have a bigger network than you're even really aware of. If you go through all your social sites and add up how many people you know, you know, you know, 2,000 on LinkedIn and 2,500 here, and that's a lot of people. You are not aware of what everybody is doing. And as you pointed out not long ago, Dan, that people, new podcasts are starting every day. Mm-hmm. So how do you know that some of your connections aren't doing that? Right. So we want to use our own our own networks and talk about what we're up to and and look and explore and see who might have something where you would be appropriate. Okay. So great. Yeah. So you've gotten on the podcast. How can you promote your appearance? Ah, yeah. Well, we've got social media, of course. You've got your own. If you do a newsletter or you do your own podcast or you do your own blog or whatever it is, you can be talking about that and invite people to come, invite people to be there to be present, particularly if it's live. If it's recorded, that may not work, but you can let them know when the live date will be. You can also tell the host, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be sharing this with everybody. I got a lot of people interested. They're going to be listening to your show. Um, You tag Tag them on social media. So when you're sharing the show, you tag, you tag the host, you tag the show and whoever, a producer, whoever might be appropriate. Um, there are lots of ways to share that. And by doing that, it's just, it, you, it's goodwill. It's goodwill. You're, you're telling them, this is what I'm going to do. They love it. They'll promote it too. I mean, really you're in it together. And I think that that's, uh, that's, that's the way to look at it is it's a partnership and you're in it together and here's what you're going to do. And there's all kinds of things you can do. Yeah. Perfect. Joanne, who is your perfect client and how can they get in touch with you? 
Oh, yeah. Well, I love authors. So those of you who've written books, I love authors, authors, speakers, uh, consultants, coaches, trainers, influencers, thought leaders. A lot of them come to me and I love working with them. So um, I have a website where you can send me a note or you can email me at the website, joannemccall.com. And the email is joanne at joannemccall.com. And I invite anybody who just wants to have a conversation to get in touch with me and let's do that. Be great. Thanks, Thanks. That's very generous of you. And you have a new book out as well uh, called Media Darlings. And no S, it's just Media Darling, Shine Through Every Interview. Uh, yes, I do. And it's all about how to present yourself uh, on a podcast or on a camera and how to come up with your key messages, some media no-nos, things you should never do, and media yeses. This is what you should do. And this is how you can become a media darling and Dan, you'll like this. It's filled with all kinds of stories over the years, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and things I learned from. And that's why I'm able to write this book and say, don't do this or do this. So it's pretty funny, I think, in places. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for joining us today and giving us such great information. And thanks to everyone for listening. You can find more than 150 other instructional videos on how to write your book in a flash and how to market your book on this YouTube channel and this podcast network. Check them out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.